it's good to be back home. Good to be back with the saints of the Lord once again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, we, I just want to thank the Lord for your prayers. They carried us through um, before the conference, during the conference, and even after. I was just thinking that it's, it's, it's the grace of God to be able to sit in the tabernacle for uh, six days straight, eight to about 9.30 with an hour break, 30-minute break here, there, and, and be able to sit and, and absorb and not get sick and be attentive to the teachings. It's just the grace of God um, just to be able to do that, and it's all because of the prayers of the saints. And so I just want to thank you so much for praying for us. I remember at one of the times when our mother got up to share she uh, touched on how um, back in those days, I'm, I'm sure maybe some are still doing it, but she touched on the importance of praying for delegates when they go to deeper life. And she said back in the olden days, they would task the churches to remain behind and pray for the delegates at the deeper life so that they are strong so that there will be no distraction, so that they are able to focus, so that uh, they are also able to absorb the teachings. And I said, wow, it's true. Everything needs prayer. Everything has to be backed in prayer. Otherwise, so many things can arise that can disrupt somebody and they lose focus of what they've gone there for. So I just want to thank you that the Lord um, gave us much grace because of your prayers. Amen. I uh, just want to thank the Lord for his goodness and his mercies, which endure forever. Hallelujah! Amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. So, when you come back from deeper life, people are expecting a great big um, feedback. But this deeper life was different in that most of the teachings that we received were really focused on molding and building the pastor. And uh, the teachings were life transforming. And um, not only molding and building, but also bringing us to a place of accountability, bringing us to a place of repentance, bringing us to a place of just, you know, just doing an introspection of just checking one's life to see if one is doing right by the calling upon one's life. So most of the teachings were like that. So meaning that most of the feedback is, is going to be on the pastor's change in life, you know, to follow the teachings. So um, that's going to be most of the feedback. It's always for the pastor to change their life. Amen. For us to change our lives, to align ourselves with the teachings that we received. And um, that's going to be most of the feedback. It's going to be on us to change daily. Amen. Until we align with the teachings that we received there. I just want to thank the Lord that it was really indeed a very different, deeper life from the deeper lives we've attended before. I would say that it was very sobering. <laughs> 
It brings you to a place where you really have to check your life to see if you're doing the right thing. So it was very rich in teachings. Many teachings were given, um, but most of them focusing once again on the life of building the pastor, molding the pastor, equipping the pastors that were there, of which we are really glad that we managed to, 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 to attend because the atmosphere was such that it, you can write notes, but sometimes there's an atmosphere that you cannot put down in notes. Um, what I'm going to do this morning is to just glean from part of what our father shared with us on the, I'm just trying to see, on the second day. I say glean because I will not be able to give you most of it because it was really directed on the life of the pastor's uh, as we were there, but there are some of the teachings that I felt would be um, good for us to give and share from what we received from our father on that second day. All I can say about that second day is that as our father was sharing the atmosphere in the tabernacle, it, 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 it was just, you know, you, you it's hard to explain or put in words. It's almost as if you can just reach out and touch God there. And if the atmosphere was heavy with the presence of the Lord. Amen. And uh, what I remember also is that as he was sharing with us, mostly you'd speak in tongues and then say, uh, you know, speak in tongues and then share and speak in tongues and, and share. So it, 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 it was a, a, <laughs> a very rich um, conference that we attended. Um, what I will share with you has to do with when he was um, urging us as pastors in the life of sanctification or setting ourselves apart in the work that we are called to do. He was talking about, uh, I would say, the, the life of a pastor to be saved, to, to be sanctified, to be really set apart. And um, I will read from the scriptures that he dwelt on mostly um, that is from the book of Colossians chapter 3. I'm not going to give this a title because I am just gleaning from what I can just share with you. As I said, most of it was on our part homework for us to, to change. Amen. 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 I thought I would get a great big amen. <laughs> amen and amen. So he was uh, sharing on salvation in, 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 in our lives as pastors and he shared from the book of Colossians chapter 3 so that's where we are going to get into and uh, I've got here in my notes just before he went into that Colossians uh, he, he once again spoke in tongues then he began to share but truly I quoted the scriptures but most of what he was saying was hitting so hard that you could not write. 
Um, I remember when he began teaching us on this particular day, he said the Lord had shown him um, pastors going to deeper life, buying their new notebooks and saying we are going to get a lot of notes for feedback. And then he was explaining that, but this teaching is for us who are here, for our lives to be changed and to be transformed. And I said, indeed, we have a true prophet. Because for some of us, we had already put in our iPads Deeper Life 2020 feedback. Not knowing that Deeper Life 2020, its purpose was to transform the life of a pastor. Very little to feedback in terms of speaking, but more in terms of homework and transformation of life. So I just want to thank the Lord for that. Um, so he led us to the book of Colossians, of which we will read together from Colossians chapter 3. What I have done with our wonderful media team here is I have said to them some of the words that especially that he dwelt on, um, we are going to just dig into them a little bit more. Um, and, and um, you know, just to describe them a little bit more. Here he was talking about us putting off certain things and putting on certain things according to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Uh, the title here says, Not carnality, but Christ, um, according to the Bible, which I am using here. It says, Not carnality, but Christ. So we will get somebody to read for us Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. Chapter 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Okay, so then we will um, take special note of verse 5. This is where he was uh, urging us to put to death or to put away or to get rid of or to discard the following things that are listed in verse 5. The Bible says, therefore put to death your members which are on earth. And um, we we'll work together with the team. He says, number one, fornication. So what we are going to do is to just describe these words so that we know what it is that we are supposed to get rid of in the year 2020 as we walk the life of um, sanctif sanctification as we know it's a process it's not an overnighter so it, it's a process that we walk in each and every single day as we are being reminded by the word of god even as we know that uh, the bible t t clearly says to us that we philippians that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling 
I would say that this was at the heart of what our Father was teaching us, just us working out our salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that we are saved, we are being saved, and we shall be saved. So right now we are in the process of the being saved, where we are being now told, according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, where it says, therefore put to death, and he was emphasizing that the one who has to put to death is me. So this is not a laying on of hands thing, but it's a decision that I have to make to say, you know what, in my Christian walk, I want to put to death the following. And uh, you know, when, when you put something to death, it, it shouldn't wake up on the other end as a ghost, but it should be dead and buried, amen. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, so. Do we have the descriptions? Thank you. So let's work together. It says, therefore put to death your members which are on, on the earth. And the, number one, the Bible mentions fornication. So um, we've got the description here. Fornication is a word for sex, especially sex that takes place outside of marriage. In some religions, fornication is considered a sin. And we are part of the people that know that, not in some religions, but we know that according to the word of God, fornication is a sin. So any union that is outside of marriage is what we are supposed to put to death. So this calls um, for us to live a life of purity, to live a life of refraining until one is married to live a life of holiness. So this is who we are, even as we know, the um, 1938 uh, calling that God put on our Father when he said to him, fear not and sin not. And part of the sin that we as forward in faith, we, we, we don't tolerate, zero tolerance yeah. is that. <laughs> so the Bible here is saying, therefore put to death members which are on earth, of which number one it mentions here, fornication. So I just want to say even to our youth that it's to maintain a healthy Christian life, we have to keep away from fornication. We have to wait until we are married. Not, you know, as I was just reading my Bible, um, something was just dropped in my spirit because some people fall into the trap when a guy is saying, I am going to marry you, then you start coming together. No, it's when you are already married. Mm -hmm. Not when he's saying, I'm going to marry you, no. But when you are already married, that's when it's no longer sin. Because some people will say, oh, but if he's promising to marry me and we are engaged. No, you are not yet married. So <laughs> that is who we are, amen. So it says, therefore put to death your members which are on earth. So it's me who has to put to death. It's one thing uh, when the preacher preaches. It's another thing when our parents are speaking to us. But I have to come to a place where I say no. Where I say if this has to stop or where I tell myself this will not start. Amen. 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 And then it talks about uncleanness. Well, how does 
uh, the dictionary described it there for us. We're just describing so that it becomes clear. Because when our father was teaching us, um, he was saying that we have to come to a place of putting to death these things so that we are stronger Christians. Amen. We are strong in our Christian walk. So uncleanliness is a state of being grubby, filthy, greedy, um, grimy, or otherwise dirty. If you don't tidy up your room, <laughs> your parents will give you a time about the uncleanliness. But here, the uncleanliness, that is also being talked about. It's the uncleanliness of one spiritual walk. Yeah. So one spiritual walk, we need to, 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 be, to cleanse ourselves daily with the word of God. I know here the description because we just we're just googling these ones up and sticking them up there. But I also like the room part and the parents giving us the hard time part because that also applies because sometimes somebody's spiritual state you can see um, by by the way they they, they handle themselves you know you can see by the way they live that their spiritual state needs it needs work. I know somebody saying, how, how does that come together? I'll just give maybe a testimony of, 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 of how that comes together. I remember the time when we were posted to Namibia. And um, when we got there, obviously, we, the church was still very young. They just received the Lord. They loved the Lord, spirit-filled. But it was a young church and a new church. And when we got there, the dresses that were being worn in the front row were up to here. And not only were they short, but in that short, somebody crosses even their legs. And not only crossing of legs, but not even bothering to cover. You know how sometimes somebody can be conscious that, oh, I think my dress is a little short, let me cover. But there was none of that. But we didn't talk about the short dresses. We didn't talk about that. We just continued to feed them the word of God. And we noticed that the more they grew in the word of God, the more they grew in knowing Christ, the dresses just became shorter, longer and longer and longer. So once um, state physically, sometimes it can be a reflection of what's going on inside. So, you know, we just need to, 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 to help each other and to be aware and to encourage each other to live that clean spiritual life, which is not contaminated by, um, I would say these days, our biggest contaminator when we talk of living a clean life is what we do on, on, on social media. That can contaminate us big time. So the Bible here is talking about we are to put to death all uncleanliness. Anything that if somebody walks up to your computer, you want to quickly delete. It's because you know that this thing is not good, it's dirty. It's, 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 it's unclean, it's filthy. It's grind all these words that are being described here. So the best is not to just delete when someone is coming but to actually stop doing it, whether someone is there or not, but for you, yourself, for your salvation. So this is where we are saying that 
for my Christian walk, for my salvation. I'm not doing it for the parent. I'm not doing it uh, for, 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 uh, for, for, for my spouse. No, but I am doing this as a Christian, for my Christian walk, for my sanctification. Amen. I am putting away all uncleanness. I'm putting away, I'm putting to death all uncleanliness. Um, it says here, passion, evil, desire. Let's go to covetousness, which is idolatry. Let's go to, to be covetous. It means to, to be covetous of something is to want it and to be a little jealous of anyone who has it. The advertising industries go, okay, uh, covetous of things that other people have. That way, if you will buy them. As I said, we just dropped this one straight from Google. But when we look at that word, covetousness, it's to be jealousy of someone when they have something that you do not have. That would be uh, the best way of also describing that word. So if I find that I am that person that I cannot be happy for someone, if, they, if God is blessing them, they are standing up here and testifying about two jobs, I'm still on my first job I haven't got there yet. <laughs> if I can't be happy and celebrate with them, then I need to put to death. So we can see that this word, is the, that type of word, that makes me check my life. It, it doesn't have a lot of hallelujahs, but it makes me check my life because when all is said and done, when we are done worshiping here on earth, we want to go to heaven. We want to go to heaven, you know? We want to, to go to heaven. So covetousness is being jealousy. How do I, maybe I can just check myself how do I respond when God is blessing some, somebody? Maybe it's with something that I've been praying for and it has not yet come my way. And somebody will stand and testify, I was not even praying, but God just did it. Yet I, I have been praying a while. What goes on inside of me? So those are the things that we are being asked. You know, we, sometimes we can think that, oh, is that really important? Yes, it is. Because those are the things that hinder our Christian growth. Those are the things that act as a stumbling block. Those are the things that um, make us sometimes to go round and round in circles on the same thing instead of progressing. When we are in, in, in such a good church where we are taught the word of God, but those inner issues are the things that we are being told here that we have to put to death. And so uh, we will move on to verse 6. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. That scripture is, is um, very sobering. It says, because of these things, the things that are listed in verse 5, the wrath or the anger of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. We know that the greatest sin is the sin of disobedience. That is what happened in the Garden of Eden. What happened there was just simple disobedience to the word of God. So we are being asked to put away all disobedience, to check ourselves, am I obeying the word of God? Am I fearing God? You know, I was just uh, remembering the 10 days later 
where he, I, I don't have a copy here with me, but I'm sure it's still fresh in our minds where it's um, where our father is talking about in this year we are we should be stronger than ever before. So these things are the things that can eat away our strength without us realizing. So those are the things we need to deal with and put away so that if anything should find us, it will find us stronger than ever before. Stronger than ever before. So verse 7 says, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them, but now you yourselves are to, we are continuing with Colossians 3, are to put off all and then we get another list of things again. Yeah. We get another list of things which we will describe, it, it, it says there, anger. Anger. Um, <laughs> which we wish this, uh, Google are you using? I like this. If you are mad about something and you are not going to take it anymore, <laughs> you're you're feeling anger and the strong emotion you experience when you think someone has done you wrong. If you want to scream and kick, you're feeling <laughs> I'm sure there are other descriptions. The English dictionary, maybe there can be other descriptions, but we, this one, because they're into theater and drama, this one is very dramatic, which is good. We get the picture. <laughs> So the Bible here is telling us that we are to put off all these things and then it starts off with anger. Anger, anger. Yeah. We know that anger, some people can have outbursts of anger, which is the kicking and screaming. Um, but some people, it's, it's passive aggression. It's inside. Yeah. That one is, <laughs> they can look holy, but it's because a lot of Christians, they've mastered how to not kick and scream. Yeah. They've mastered how to not throw a tantrum. But that anger that sits inside, that, that way it, it leads one into that passive aggression. That, yeah. What, does, um, what are the other scriptures that can help us when we talk of anger? The Bible clearly says that we are not to sin in our anger. We are not to let the sun go down in our anger. Our Father, He always testifies how He had to pray for, I think, about a year to get rid of anger. So if, he, if it took him a year to pray and to get rid of anger, uh, you know, it, we, we should determine in ourselves or in our hearts to say, you know what, I'm going to work on it. If he won the battle, I can also win the battle. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I was just thinking in terms of us pastors, because remember this word was uh, being given to pastors in terms of us pastors, how it would look if we were to just kick and scream at everything that goes on. Uh, uh, how would the church feel to every pastor who kicks and screams? <laughs> so it says here, according to this scripture, 
you are to put off. Our, our father was explaining that put off, take off. These are things that it's, 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 it's not a laying on of hands, but it's, it's a, a decision in 2020 so that I am a stronger Christian than 2019. I make a decision to put away. And here it's talking about if somebody wrongs you, whether somebody has wronged me or not, I can control what goes on on the inside. I cannot control what other people do, but I can control my reaction and my response. Because you cannot control the whole world. Because sometimes some people can justify themselves and say, but it's them who started. Yes, they have started, but did you have to finish? And we know that two wrongs don't make, can never make a right. So yeah. anger, yeah. anger. I know sometimes as, as parents we are pushed to the limit. You say something, you repeat it again and again, and then the person doesn't listen. And when they redo that thing, something happens that maybe leads into an expense. And as a parent, you're looking at if you had listened, I would not have ended up with this bill. Those are things that can make any parent leave it. Kick and scream. <laughs> but this year we are being taught, we are being urged to not kick and scream. Anger. We, we can look at many instances that can cause somebody to be angry, especially if one feels that they are not being listened to, they are not being heard. You cannot anger your way into someone's ears. Maybe we just need to address why is it that they cannot hear me. Amen. And sometimes you may not even get the answer that you want. So when all is said and done, all I can do is to control myself. I cannot control the other person. I cannot control the whole world. The only person I have control over is myself. Amen. Amen. How I react, how I respond, what I do, what I say. Because some people in the impassive aggression, they, they, they may not kick and scream, but some people will bang the door, some people will be just quiet, boiling. Some people will just withhold what they are supposed to give or to do. You know, all that in the name of anger. Yeah. And, and they'll be feeling justified that I am doing this because they must see that I'm really angry. Who must see? Who must see? <laughs> this year is a different year. Even the 10 days later. It's when it talks, I saw you opening, can you read that part where our father is urging us to be strong?
that's right. You know, there's kind of art to do with praying, praying for spiritual ears mm -hmm. and eyes. We need the genuine fear of God. We need to continue. Okay. So in the teaching, this is also where our father was taken from. That we need to be stronger and to make sure that our Christian walk is clean before God. You know, he gave, um, he, actually this example, he said it twice. He said it at the executive and he said it at Tifa Life. Um, and I think he also mentioned it at the crossover. Those of us who listened to that tape, where he was um, talking about Cyclone Idai. And he was saying that, and, and you know, sometimes you don't think about it, but only when he mentioned it, that to me, I was like, you know what? Sometimes we 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 are sleeping. We don't we don't think about these things. When he mentioned that the people that were taken by cyclone, it like some of them were Christians. It's not like the cyclone was saying, "Not a Christian, I'll take you, Christian, I'll jump." But it just took everyone that was in its path, so to speak. And he was mentioning how some were crying out, uh, can anyone help me? Who can help me? Who can help me? And then the water, he had no mercy as it were. And he, when he mentioned that some of those people were Christians, then you read this letter and you hear that it's a year in which we need to make sure that our Christian walk is clean. Then you examine yourself to say, is it worth holding on to these things that we are being told by the word of God to put away in a year that you do not know what is in it? You know? So that's why I said deeper life for me was very sobering because it, it brought me to a place where I had to re-examine the things that I, 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 I think are important, yet maybe they are not the most important things. The things, the, you know, because sometimes talk about anger, for example. Somebody is just holding on to but what they did. That's what you think it's, it's so important and you feel justified that because of what they did. But when all is said and done, is it worth going to hell for? Yeah. Is it worth losing my salvation for? Amen. So then, once again, the scripture says, put off or put to death. It's, it's, it's on me to put off and put to death. Amen. So, also at the deeper life, I remember our father saying, some of these things, it's going to take, uh, you know, myself going into my prayer closet and, and, and crying out to the Lord for mercy. Because I am the best prophet of my heart. I know the things that get me down. Smile, I can smile. Makeup, I can wear. But I know the things that are like little traps that I need to say this year no more. Yeah. I want to be stronger than ever before. Because our Father in that letter says there are things in the spiritual realm that I am not able to explain. You know? There was a part there that 
he went into explaining some of the things and I could see that he stopped because we were all like, yet we, you know, all of us being pastors, you know. So, it's a sobering year. Amen. Amen. Then it says, once again, put off wrath. So, we can see that it's not a year to play games, church games. No, it's a year to really examine my life. Amen. Um, wrath, what is wrath? It's, oh, it's, it's, once again, it's great anger that expresses itself in a desire to punish someone. Noah saw the flood as a sign of the wrath of God. Wow, so this is advanced anger, eh? <laughs> Not only is one angry, but like now you are scheming. How can I punish this person? Wow. You know, it's, so we, we, we are Christians, right? But sometimes I like to take it into the home that sometimes something happens and already you are planning that. How can I make them feel? They have to feel it. <laughs> How can I make them feel that I'm not happy? Lord, help us this year. Especially myself. I, that's why I said the, the, the feedback is a lot of homework. It's a lot of homework, especially for us. Uh, in ministry called of the Lord. It's a lot of homework. A lot of homework. At one point, I remember our mother saying that the Lord spoke to her clearly, just saying that if we could do or follow the teachings that we are taught, would be at a way better place. If we could just backtrack and begin to do Without one, because sometimes we just want to hear more new things. I know, because Pentecostals, we want new things and new things. New things are good, but let's deal with the ones that we haven't dealt with yet, yet we heard about it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so the next thing to put off is money's. I wonder what our team is going to give us with malice. So we are not going to shout and scream on this teaching because we want yeah. So malice is the intention to cause harm. It's, it's now advanced level. <laughs> yeah. If someone feels malice towards you, look out they've got bad intentions. So but this, remember, this letter was written to the church at Kunos. These people were Christians. Yeah. Lest somebody would turn around and say, ah, these people were heathens, man, they were really bad. You know? But this letter was written to Christians. <laughs> so, this is advanced level anger. This is when somebody has got bad intentions. They want to cause a harm. So they don't only want to punish, but now they really want to hurt you. They, they, they yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, this is 
It's good to be born. It's not as if God is gonna act surprised at you confessing. He already knows. May as well put it out there so that he can now help you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's not going to be, oh, really? Is she like that? No. As people, we can be surprised because you wear your smile well. But God will be there to rescue you, to deliver you. And the Bible also says in the book of Proverbs, deliver yourself like a gazelle. Deliver yourself. So this is the year. This is the year. Just get into that. You will find that the grace of God is so much. His grace is sufficient for us. Grace even to walk away from these things. Grace even to equip us to do right. Amen. Some of these things, they are in our bloodline. We saw our mother being malicious. We saw our fathers being malicious. So it's like we think that that is the way to live. Even in a marriage, we think that marriage, it's, it's teach for touch. It does this, I will have to do something bigger, more thunderous. But God gives us grace. Amen. To walk away from backgrounds. To walk away from bad examples. To actually live a strong Christian life. Amen. To actually live a clean Christian life. Amen. Amen. By his grace, by his grace. By his grace, by his grace, by his grace. Amen. Alright, we move on to the next one. It's blasphemy. If we are following Colossians chapter 3. Saying offensive things about God or religion is blasphemy. Blasphemy can be used for offensive ideas in other areas too. So saying um, offensive things, it's blasphemy. If I recall well in the Gospels, um, it's, okay, it's the sin of uh, blasphemy. Jesus talks about it at one point. And is it the sin that he says that one will not be forgiven? That's the one, right? Oh, I've been reading my Bible. Oh, I'm a good pastor. Clippings for me. So this is serious stuff. Because some of us, we are really good at just throwing words, not really thinking through what am I saying? What, what, what are the implications of what I am saying? What am I saying? What, am I, what is coming out of me? Blasphemy is actually a very... Um, what can I say? Everything is bad, but this is bad. <laughs> this is because you are speaking from your heart. The Bible says, "From the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak." So these are things maybe that are deposited in your in your heart that are now just coming out. So it means I have to also just check my heart. When we talk of blessing, I have to check my heart. You know, it's one thing to not agree with certain things that we do in the house of God. But it's another to, to speak in an offensive way. And, 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 and some people even go further and throw some comments on Facebook and all that. And you wonder, but what is going on here? 
So all these things, it's better to seek knowledge. If, you do, if something is happening and you don't understand, it's better to go to the right place to seek knowledge, to understand why we are doing this, why is this being done, than to just end up on this wrong side of the, of the Bible, the other side. And um, it goes further about putting off filthy language, says here. Filthy language out of your mouth, which is really the same thing as blasphemy, but you, um, if you manage to, okay, it's the same thing as blasphemy. Filthy language out of your mouth, filthy language, as we said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Why the mouth is very important is when you got saved, it's because you confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and by and believing in your heart and by so doing, salvation came. Now the same mouth to speak filth, the same mouth to utter bad language, the same mouth to... So I know Sometimes we live in environments where we work with people that have filthy language. I will give an example. I remember the time when I was working for this company. And uh, it was before the days where they would say, oh, you are not supposed to smoke indoors, smoke outside. Everyone in the office pretty much smoked, except me. And every time I would go back home, uh, we're not yet even because then, we're just Christians. Overseer would say, you are smelling of smoke. <laughs> because of just hanging around the office where people smoked. So if you live in that, or if you work in that environment where people use filthy language, it means you have to be extra careful. Listen, that language lingers on. And you begin, because you're spending eight hours, 12 hours in that environment. So we need to now be extra vigilant as Christians. Just because someone is doing it doesn't make it right. Verse nine, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. So this scripture saying, do not lie. The Bible says that the father of lies is the devil. I remember at one time, I, I only got it later. Um, this deeper life was maybe four or five years ago. Our father was explaining that if somebody lies to him, if he, you know, he finds it hard to trust that person again, or it takes a while to trust that person again. And he said, because the, father, the Bible says the father of lies is the devil. So if you are lying, who is your father? Where are you getting it from? So we see that lying is a bigger, it's, 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 it's another world altogether. If you know who the father of lies is, then if you are lying, then you need to check, so who is my father? Where am I getting this from? 
So the Bible just says, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So our ultimate aim is to put on the new man. To put off this old jacket. And to put on, it's like layers or peels or peeling. Putting away, putting away. And then eventually putting on the new man whom the Bible says him who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. According to the image of him who, God, who created us. Amen. Where there is neither, this one we know very well, verse 11, because we quote it a lot, right? Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. So ultimately, we must put on Christ. We must put on Christ. At work, put on Christ. In the youth group, put on Christ. Amongst friends, put on Christ. Any environment, put on Christ. Amen. Um, we're also given um, verses 12, character of the new man. The character now of the new man, now that we've talked about the things. You know, as we were reading these things, it, it, it just reminds me of maybe a child has gone into the mud. You don't throw away the child because they are covered. I remember at one time I'd gone for a Tuesday prayer. And my son, I will speak looking this way, he was about three years old. And I just heard the women saying, whose child is this? Whose child is this? And I knew. I walked out and he had gone to I don't know where, but he was covered in mud, head to toe, at Alfie. Thank God I had you, and always move with clothes, because as a mom, you know these things, they can happen. I had to go running under a tent, remove the mud clothes, put on the clean clothes. Once he was clean, nobody was saying, whose child is this, whose child is this? So sometimes people are busy pointing, whose child is this? Who's... Because you have all these things. We need to wash away, cleanse ourselves by the word, renew our minds by the word. Romans chapter 12, renewing of the mind by the word. So that people, because sometimes you think people are on your case, whose child is this? Whose child is this? <laughs> Amen. Right. Character of the new man. This is where we where we should be or where we are aiming to go or where we want to be or where we are working at getting. Whichever way, but as long as I'm taking my baby steps towards getting to this place, it's all good because we're all at different levels. We're all at different levels. Amen. Amen. It says here, verse 12, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Put on. Now, this is what we are supposed to put on so that we don't get that whose child is this uh, scenario. Um, compassion leads you to have mercy, which is like forgiveness. If you have mercy on someone, 
you will let them off the hook or are kind to them somehow. I told you this, uh, <laughs> let them off the hook. You know, when we talk about the mercies of God, he, he is, he, the, the things we do, yes, he really puts us off the hook. If God was to keep counting, he forgives us and he throws our sins into the sea of forgiveness. He forgives and forgives for good. So it's talking about putting on mercies. And it's uh, talking also about putting on kindness. If someone asks you to do the kindness, the really nice kind act, the act that makes you think of facts. Which <laughs> I told you we've got uh, people that are <laughs> that are in the field of drama giving us descriptions here. But we all know what kindness to be kind-hearted, to do good, to do good, to to be generous. How else can we describe it? Maybe if I can have feedback from us. Yes. Quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. So that is what we are being asked now to put on. That is who we should be. That is where we. That is where we should dwell on. Amen. And also humility. Maybe after we hear the theatrical explanations here, can you also help us with whatever you are pulling out there? Amen. So it also says humility. We know humility is the opposite of pride. And the Bible says pride comes before a fall. Everywhere you see pride in the Bible, the next thing that person is going down, a sliding, slide, they are going down. So that's the place not to be, is to be proud. And no matter how God lifts one up, we must always check, am I not now being proud. Humbleness is the quality of being modest or unpretentious. Your humbleness is what keeps you from bragging about all the places you've traveled in the many languages. Okay, so it pretty much keeps you from bragging. Um, what does it say there? Humbleness, it says a low view of one's one's own importance. Amen and, and amen to that. Amen. amen. So um, we move on to because I'm looking at our time. Meekness. Meekness. Use the noun meekness to talk about someone's habit of acting shy or submissive. Your own meekness might keep you from asking your boss for <laughs> I don't know what version they are coming up with, but can just hear you have the dictionary version. Uh, meekness is patience, long suffering, exactly. uh, gentleness, softness, truthfulness. Uh, okay. Oh, I, I think these things they are cousins, they are intertwined. Can you just say, say that again because that is very important because it covers all the other ones. Patience, long suffering, gentleness, mildness, softness, peacefulness, 
modest, humility, humbleness, lawlessness, submission, submission, self-abasement, compliance, all this obedience. So that is what the Bible is requiring of us. Now just to move on to verse 18, the Bible says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. We, in this year where we are going back to the foundation of love and fellowship and pray together, love requires that we forgive. Love requires that we forgive. Not because the other person is right, but because I am walking in love. I have to forgive. And sometimes I just have to forgive for my own survival, to be honest. Sometimes some things that have happened are so bad that I know that if I don't forgive, all this waking up and coming to church and setting up, up instruments can be in vain. I just have to forgive so that I make it. So, yeah. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has, has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also forgive. Even the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's like there is a condition. Forgive us our trespasses as we. As we forgive those who are trespass against us. And then I will end with verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Put on love, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So that is from the scriptures which we were given by our, our, our father at the deeper life as he was sharing with us pastors the walk of sanctification. I know we've gone into greater length with them as part of our walk as Christians, not only 2020, but just as part of who we are as Christians. The things to put, to put away. You know, I like that the Bible says that I must put away because some of these things, if somebody comes to you and says you have anger issues, you will find that that anger will rise to another level. So it's better for me to just do what they do, the alcohol, um, is it alcohol anonymous, where you just say, you know what, I'm an alcoholic, I need help. I have anger issues, I need help. I'm malicious, I need help. You know, it's better to just cry and seek for help. And God is merciful. The thing I love about the God we worship is that He is not judging us. This is not to judge us, but it's, it's to just say, My children, you can walk a better walk. You can walk a better walk. A walk that will yield greater results in your Christian walk. A walk that will attract blessings. Because some of these things, they repel blessings. And you want them, but I give, I tithe. But those things can repel the blessings. But if I do right, it can attract, like a magnet, attract a metal. 
those good things that I'm supposed to put on, they can attract the blessings. Who doesn't want to be around a meek person, a humble person? Who doesn't want to be around somebody who is kind? Who doesn't want to be around that person? But if I am somebody who is angry, I fall and I'm in trouble. Nobody picks up the phone because they don't know what's coming. So these are things to make us better in our Christian walk. Amen.